Baby Boomer Tales. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, so I thought we would try to do a little tale surrounding this great American holiday. So sit back, take your shoes off, loosen your belt, and try not to drift away. Hi, Homer. What are you doing? Hi, Jerry. I'm just working here, waiting for Katie to get back. She's gone to get those fresh turkeys down in Wheat Town. I thought that used to be your job, Homer. You know, Jerry, that she fired me from that job when I brought back those four live turkeys. I remember I even named them. And we even kept one for a while. Remember that, Jerry? Hi there, Sparky. How you doing? You're a good girl. <coughs> yeah, Homer, I remember. That was quite the to-do. You know, if Katie took away every job you screwed up, you could retire. Maybe that's in my game plan, Jerry. I never thunk of it. Thunk of it? Is that the right word, Jerry? I never thunk of it. Elmer, will you leave Jerry alone? He's trying to do everything that's right. And here you go, butchering the English language again. Hi, Pop. Well, you know, I'm not much of a butcher, and I'm not much of a scholar. But I sure can sit here at this old potbelly stove and throw in a piece of wood once in a while. I guess you're right, Homer. I'll be seeing you tomorrow at the Thanksgiving dinner. Me too, Homer. I'm looking forward to it. You fellers be on time because I am bringing my appetite. We have a double dipper for you now. It's the song of the week and the unusual fact of the week, both at the same time. You're getting two for one here. Jingle Bells was written in 1850 by James Lord Pierpont at Simpson Tavern in Medford, Massachusetts. It was published as the One Horse Open Sleigh in 1857. It was originally written to be a song sung by a Sunday school choir for Thanksgiving and has no original connection to Christmas. Here's kind of a strange little fact about it. Also at that time, in the mid-1800s, it may have been a drinking song. In a one-horse open sleigh, hey! Now for another rendition of Forky and Earl. Forky said to Earl, Earl, 
You know what we're having for lunch today at school? Earl looked at Forky. Forky looked at Earl. And Earl said, I think it's turkey, Forky. Forky said, How did you know it was turkey, Earl? And Earl said, Because I asked Alpha Ray, Forky. And Forky said, Earl, I've never seen someone like you asking the lead lunch lady what we're having for lunch. And Earl said, Forky, the problem with having turkey today is Tuesday and Thursday we will have turkey dinner at home. So I'm going to have too much turkey after I have my turkey sandwiches. Well, Forky looked at Earl and Earl looked down there towards the lunchroom and Earl said, Are you hungry, Forky? And Forky said, I can eat turkey every day, Earl. And so the two boys walked down to the lunchroom, got their trays, and waited to have their turkey put on their tray. You know, there are four towns in the United States named Turkey. There's one in Arizona, one in Texas, one in Louisiana, and one in North Carolina. I'm from Turkey, Texas. The first NFL game played on Thanksgiving was in 1920. In 1926, Vinnie Joyce of Mississippi sent President Calvin Coolidge a live raccoon to be served as Thanksgiving dinner. Well, President Coolidge became smitten with the little raccoon, and instead of eating it, he pardoned it and made it his pet, and he named it Rebecca. Rebecca Raccoon went into her room. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The first Thanksgiving was eaten with spoons and knives. The pilgrims didn't even know what forks were at the time. What an invention. Can you imagine inventing the fork? What am I doing for Thanksgiving? I have no earthly clue. I'm sure Kim will figure it out for us. Last year we went to Colorado and spent Thanksgiving with my youngest daughter. The year before we went up to my oldest daughter's home and ate dinner and celebrated this wonderful holiday with her family. I used to cook our Thanksgiving turkey every year. It started in about 1989 after my darling tried to microwave our Thanksgiving turkey and totally ruined it. That was back in the day when she was fast food. When she couldn't cook dinner fast, well, she just burned it instead. Today's not that case, though, and she is an excellent cook. And she's made the last probably about seven, eight, nine Thanksgiving turkeys we've had here. I did that turkey for 20, 25 years. And then all of a sudden, one day, I decided I'm done cooking the Thanksgiving turkey. It's too much work. I used to do the same thing with buffalo wings. I'd spend all day to make about six, seven pounds of wings, and it wore me out. Today, my wife makes the wings, and she makes them very, very good. I like wings. Better than turkey, really. Turkey's one of those things you have once a year, and you eat so much, you're going to gain three or four pounds. 
But it's not about the eating, it's about the fellowshipping. To be with those that you love and cherish. To be with those that we call family. Now family doesn't have to be your blood kin. No, it doesn't. But if they are your children, or your grandchildren, or your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, or whoever, or just a soulmate or soul friend, somebody that you may find closer than a brother, it doesn't matter. Family doesn't have to be a convoluted mess. It can be something very, very simple. For where there is love, there is family. Make no mistake about it. And you can pass the mashed potatoes and the turkey and the cranberries and the sweet potatoes and the dinner rolls and the green bean casserole and the pumpkin pie around a big old table. You can all sit there before the meal and hold each other's hand and thank the Lord for his abundance and know that you are truly blessed no matter what your circumstances or what you feel or what the world is going through that should not touch you on this special day that we have dedicated to God and family and to our great country. So what am I doing for Thanksgiving? Well, I'm pretty sure I'll eat turkey, but if we have a ham instead, that's fine with me. I will use a fork instead of a knife and spoon like the pilgrims had to back in the 1600s. I'll try to watch a little football although I don't think my team is playing that day. It seems to be an American tradition, and there are three football games on that day. So you can watch one in the late morning, or in the afternoon, or that evening. I'll treasure whoever I get to spend that time with. Maybe I'll take a few pictures with my phone. What is Thanksgiving? It is a time to give thanks, through thick and through thin, for better or for worse. Through all we've gone through and all we have, we do want to give thanks. And if you feel like you have nothing to be thankful for, just stop and reflect a moment. And if you have memories that have filled your heart, or if you miss somebody that you love so much and they're gone from you forever, be thankful for that time. Be thankful for those memories. Be thankful for every breath you get to take. Other words for thanks, gratitude, appreciation, gratefulness, grace, tribute, respect, homage, dedication, supplication, blessing. I'm 73 years old. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I don't think a person is actually old until he is 80. And yet, today, when I go to the store, I'm the old guy there at the store. When I go to the show, I'm usually one of the old people there. Everywhere I go, I have a good chance of being the old guy. But inside, I'm still that kid. Asking my mom if I can put some of those black olives on the ends of my fingers. Trying to beg off having to eat some stuffing with my turkey dinner. Wanting to eat a little bit of whipped cream before the pie is served. Fighting with my brother right there, maybe by the dining room table. And really knowing that I'll never have a friend as close as my brothers or my sister ever in my life. No matter where my journey will take me, these are my brothers 
and this is my sister. Seeing my mom and dad as they look at each other and maybe their fingers touch for a moment and a smile will cross my mother's lips. Being in a little town where my grandparents live and I have so many cousins that live in that town and aunts and uncles. This world is full of things one can be thankful for. I encourage you with all my heart to not let bitterness bring you down, but let thankfulness lift you up, even if you're all alone. You really aren't, you know. That person has smiled at you when you're trying to park your car. That lady in the clothing store that thanked you when you bought those sweatpants. The Lord God Almighty who gave you life and promised he'll never leave you or forsake you. A mother that even if you were abandoned when you were a child, gave you life and always had a void in their heart if you weren't part of their life from then on. Love is something that does not come and go. Love is put into us and it will never leave us no matter how much we may think that all we are is full of bitterness and hatred. That's just a mask for the love that wants to overtake us and keep us safe. Well, I don't know. I do know that sometimes it's easier said than done. I understand that. We don't know the struggle that the next person may be dealing with. But I do know this, if you speak something positive over yourself every day and every day and every day and every day, soon your whole being will be so full of love and goodness and thankfulness that all that junk that's trying to pull you down will have no room in your life. Have a great Thanksgiving. It's a wonderful time of year. Don't forget to begin each day with a grateful heart and always be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.